you have your Bibles with you, I want you to go with me to the, in the Bible to the book of Colossians. It's on page 1250 in my Bible. Colossians, the first chapter, going to be reading verses 10 through 14. And uh, I appreciated uh, Norman's, we're one talking about walking worthy, and I like the, uh, the footprints and or just plumb walked out of their sandals, I guess, because they was in a hurry to walk worthy for God. Thank you. But as we find our place in God's word to read, uh, I want you to also find Psalms 95. Put your hand on those words also. Fact of the matter is, I'd rather do Psalms 95 with responsive reading first, if you don't mind. Where's it at? Psalms 95. And I'll begin with that, and we'll read through verse 6. I'll, I'll read, and then you come along, follow with the second verse, and the fourth, and so on. As you stand to read God's Word together, <clears throat> let me begin. Psalms 95, verse 1. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hands are the deep places of the earth. The sea is his and he made it and he, his hands formed the dry Land, let us sing, say the last verse together. O come, let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. May God add his blessings to those words, but please stay standing for God for just a little longer, if you would, because I want to share with you then some verses in Colossians, the first chapter, just a few verses, 10 through 14. And it begins, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, having fruit, having, or being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. Give thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of of his dear sons. And then verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. May God add his blessing to those precious words. Would you bow with us once again in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you today just thanking you so much for your guidance that you have given and the direction you want to give us. Lord, I just ask you as we delve into the word this morning that as you open the windows of your love that we might be able to take a look to see just where we stand or maybe, Lord, where we need to stand. And we just pray, Lord, if there's someone here that doesn't know you as Savior and Lord of their life, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be a, a turning time that it would turn and follow you and do your will. All of us, Lord, desire such and we just ask your help today as we worship. In your precious and holy name we pray, amen. Maybe seated. As I would restate the topic this morning, walking worthy, and then that could be a question to you, walking worthy? Or it might be a statement, walking worthy. It makes all the difference in the world how you say something, doesn't it? It really does, and that doesn't only apply to the question or the statement that I wanted to use this morning of walking worthy, but 
Sometimes we seem to not put the emphasis where the emphasis need to be. And that's one of the things that helps us in life. It does matter about the emphasis of life, how we put our priorities in life, and how we stand on the first and the foremost things that ought to be important in a Christian's life. And as we begin to look at this, you know, we, we know that God says that he wants us to walk worthy, and it says, walk, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go, the song says, and that's anywhere. Uh, that puts the worthiness not on ourselves, but on Jesus Christ, who is worthy of all. Amen. Certainly so. But as we look at the, the question sometimes, and we seem to want to formulate the formula of life in our lives, and we know that we have a guidance book to help us with that. And as we know, certainly that is the Bible. And as we press toward the mark of perfection that God sets before us, we realize the imperfect state of living that we are in. And yet, we know that we become the, the worthiness becomes a part of our lives as we, through Jesus, allow him to be that necessary part to make us so. And so as we think about this, uh, we, we need to live life as it is written. We want to see that here in these verses of, of Scripture. But walking worthy is a big call. It really is. You know, the Bible says that we are saints. I even have a little problem with realizing that I indeed am a saint of God, but we are as a child of God. And the worthiness sometimes can bog us down and Satan would say, you're really not. And all you have to say is, Satan, you're right as you can be because I certainly am not, but I have Jesus and he makes me so. So as we... Think about this. One of the things, I read a story just this week. Stuart Hamblin wrote the song, It Is No Secret, What God Can Do. And I just love that song. One of my favorite songs. And what happened to Stuart Hamblin was he was a, kind of a roughshod cowboy in the Los Angeles area and was a, a movie man and was very, very much in the out and left field living of life. But he was a man who needed something in his heart that he didn't have or didn't know where to find it. In 1949, Billy Graham held one of his earlier crusades in Los Angeles, California. And uh, they were beginning to see the crowd come, and it was very few. The crowd just wasn't there. Some of the lo local people in the, the movie business, of one that he knew, asked them to meet for prayer in a, a little area that they had set, and Stuart Hamlin was there. He became quite a good friend to uh, Billy Graham, and they kind of hit it off together. And, uh, but the, the, the revival, or the event started and began to go on. And uh, all through the service, uh, Reverend Graham was praying that Stuart would give his heart to Jesus. But the service was just one or two more nights left. Stuart had not made a move. He was praying. And he said, uh, one of the folks in the team of his evangelistic team said, let's extend the service for a little longer, another week or so. Reluctant to do that with the, the appearance of no response, it seemed very much. He, so he asked God to give him a sign whether to continue the revival or not. And so it was that the very last night of the end of what was set to be, Stuart Hamlin gave his heart to Jesus. And he had a sign, a sign from heaven. Yes, we must continue with revival. I believe today one of the needs of this nation around the world is a need for a heaven-sent revival, a revival that would break out like a fire in a forest that would just burn in the hearts of Christian people that someone could see the joy that we have 
and the bubbling running over in our lives to show someone else what they need in Christ. Stuart said to John Wayne, his friend, just the next day, I've been saved. John Wayne said, my goodness, it's sure no secret what God can do. And you know the rest of the story. Stuart Hamlin went home and he wrote the song. It is no secret what God can do. What he done for others, he can do for you. And I believe that includes all of us. God is still in the saving business. God has not changed and he will not change. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. We are a generation of people that's probably in as great or greater need than any generation before us or maybe ever will be following us because I believe it is certainly something that we need to ask God to help us with. And we are only worthy, and I can't, I can't emphasize that enough, but we're only worthy through the worthiness of Jesus. I'm not even fit to present the gospel of Jesus Christ, and, and, but he said to me one day 30-some years ago, but you are through me. And uh, I've, I've told it many times, but I have written in the front of my Bible so much to share with so many and so little time to do it. I am in a hurry, friends, to tell someone else about Jesus. And I believe today we're living in a world that Christian people are not making enough racket. We need to stand on the principles that God wants us to stand on and show the world that we will stand against the horribles of the world that's coming on. And if we don't, then I believe that we are in a dire need of, of God's help in more ways than we really realize. Paul said in our reading, to examine our lives by one of the things, and that is to examine our fruitfulness. Well, I asked you the question then. Are you fruitful? Are you a Christian that is fruitful? How can that be? What are some of the fruits of the Spirit? We know that there's fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit is reaching out to help someone and working for God. But before you boast too much on your workings, we need to turn to Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 8 and 9. I want you to turn there with me, if I can turn to it right hurriedly. Ephesians, the second chapter, right before Philippians. Here we go. Ephesians, the second chapter. I want to read just a few verses there, verses 8 and 9. It, it lets us know, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good, good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are in earth, even in him. We need to see that that is grace. That's God's grace. That is God's uh, letting us sell, know that it's not of ourselves lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God. And so Paul said, you know, by my, I'll show you my faith by my works. But he also said, as I read, we do not merit salvation by any works, by no means at all. But it's because of the work that Jesus did. And where did Jesus do the, the, the initial work of salvation? It was at Calvary. It was on the cross and it wasn't an easy trip for Jesus to make because the suffering and pain of the cross and the agony of what he went through was, has never been met before or had been before that or, or since that rather. But we know that that is what uh, Jesus did in order for us to have the peace that passes all understanding 
I want to ask you a question. You know, I see people, Christian people, not as peaceful as they ought to be. Peace is enjoying Jesus. Do you enjoy your salvation? Peace is people enjoying a Christly encounter, P-E-A-C-E. That's peace, people enjoying a Christly encounter. Are you enjoying that? Are you having a Christly encounter? We've been studying on, on Sunday nights for a while. Be looking at it again tonight on experiencing God. And in order to experience God, we need to practice the presence of God and realize that he wants to be a part of our lives. And that brings us all back to look at the question that we started with is walking worthy of God. Now, you can do that. You really can, but you can't do it by yourself. We must ask God to help us. You know, one of the things that we try to do life by ourselves, it's kind of like we'll get a box of something or whatever it might be, all the way from a toy to a piece of furniture. And uh, I'm the world's worst at trying everything first before I read the instructions. And finally, when I give up, I get the instructions, and I could have done it in half the time if I'd have read the instructions first. Do you know that life is kind of like that? Do we sometimes try to do life without reading the instructions? What is the instructions? I, I have a copy of it right here. The instructions for life to live it the way we should is written out in black and white and a lot of red. And that's R-E-A-D and R-E-D also. But God will help us and show us a directive uh, John said, Behold his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It, it's a wonderful journey that we have. Fanny Crosby wrote the song, To God Be the Glory. And I just love that song. To God be the glory. It's all about God. It's not about us in a sense, although in the ultimate end we know that it's about us because he has made a place for us, us, that special person that he saved sometime back. I remember a little boy at 15 years old. God came into my life and saved my soul. And I was so ready to do everything he wanted me to do. And yet I look back and I think there was stitches of time that I liked a little. But one of the things that I remember as a young boy, and that was simply the fact that at 15 years old, I didn't feel like a bad person. I didn't do them old things that a lot of young kids I knew did and curse and carry on as they... Some would, but I come to realize something that's very staggering today. And as good as you might feel like you are, good is not good enough. You cannot be good enough to merit salvation. Good is not what God is looking for. Willingness, an accepting heart, a heart that says without, without waver. You know, the Bible talks about as uh, we, we don't be, need to be like the waves of the sea that are driven by the winds. Sometimes we as God's people are kind of driven with a lot of whims of doctrine that's not really Christ-like and we need to watch out about that. That's some of the times we're not really walking as worthy as we need to walk. I really believe that as I thought about, you know, my experience of putting things together without reading the instructions, the Israelite people were in bondage in Babylon. And they were released to go build back the temple, build back the tabernacle. And they began to do it, but they did it with God's help. As God would direct them, they would build. And what a story, what a direction it is for you and I today. We can build our lives on the foundation of salvation when it began in your soul as you were saved. 
But the building material that goes on from that not doesn't always stay in, on earth, but it is issued to the glories of heaven because God uses a lot of that to build your house after a while. I believe Jesus in the building business today trying to get things ready for us all. I've come today to declare to you Jesus Christ and the answer for every life, a life that is lost and a life that is saved. And I think sometimes we find ourselves not living or walking as close to the Lord as we ought to walk. And one of the things that happens there is the world gets in the way. And I may have shared this last Sunday. It might have been Wednesday night. I've forgotten. But anyhow, I believe this. One of the things, you know about boats and fishing and on the water and all of that. One of the things is the reason a boat sinks is not because the boat's in the water, because the water's in the boat. And that's something that we need to look at in our lives. One of the reasons that we sink down below the level of God wanting us to be so he can nurture us and bring us up to the spiritual plane we need to be is we've let the water of the world get in our boat. Speaking of boats, I just love the story of, of Jesus one day on the Sea of Galilee. Peter and some of them had been fishing. They came in to shore and Jesus was standing there and he wanted to borrow their boat. Well, you know, Peter first said, well, you know, if you're wanting to fish, we've done fished all night and haven't caught a thing. So there ain't no need. He almost neglected to let Jesus borrow his boat. Have you ever had times in your life that you almost neglected to let Jesus use the boat of your life? The, the, your, your own very self, as he would want you to be his servant and guide or do something for someone else or guide you in those ways. Well, <clears throat> Peter let him get in his boat. They went out and they was getting ready to try to fish again. You, you, we'll try. Okay, whatever you say, Jesus. And Jesus said something that is so much a part of what our life ought to be about. He said, Peter, James, John, whoever else was with him, cast your net on the right side. I don't know if he meant the right side of the boat or the right side where the fish was, but all I do know is that sometimes we cast our net on the wrong side of the boat, on the wrong side of life, and we need to ask God to direct us in the right side, the right way, the Bible says not only did they catch a fish or two, I think the Bible says 153 maybe they caught. It was so big the nets was about to break. All because they let Jesus get in their boat and they let Jesus tell them where to cast their net and they drew it up with the evidence of the powers of heaven was at their side. I want you to learn and to practice to experience the powers of heaven in your life and I want to do that too. Have you experienced a miracle lately? If you haven't, you need to ask God to give you a little better vision, a little better thought, because he, he probably performed a miracle in your life last week and you overlooked it. I think that happens. I think that we need to ask God to help us, give us directions. You know, God made us so he knows how to fix us. And I remember reading a story about in the Model T days or Model A, whichever it might have been, a fellow was out driving his brand new Model A. The thing quit and wouldn't go nowhere. Just he pulled off the side of the road and he tried and he tried. And finally there was a good Samaritan man came by, asked him his trouble, and he said, this thing won't run. So he got out and he fixed the car and he started off. By the way, mister, thank you so much. You must know quite a bit about cars. What's your name? He said, Henry Ford. <laughs> I made that thing so I know what it takes to make it run. 
Here often, Jesus is saying to you, I made you. I know what it takes to make you worthy of my calling. Be worthy through this power and the presence of your Savior, Jesus Christ. And if today you have not been saved, don't let another day pass without asking Jesus to come into your heart. He loves you too because God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. Would you bow with us in prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you so much for your love that we can know. We thank you for salvation that came by way of the cross. And we just thank you, Lord, for not because you had to suffer, but because you did. Because you were willing to go that far to save a wretch like me and to save a world undeserving and unworthy. But, Lord, we know that your love would extend far beyond the cross, even extending down to this Sunday morning to someone maybe here, Lord, that hasn't said yes to your love. We pray that this invitation time that you are extending would be met with a commitment that you want to be made by every person that has come. Guide us now, Lord, as we stand before you. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.